me has flourished again. Though you surely did not care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Now that I seek the gift, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Just take a moment and from a distance, greet one another in the name of the Lord. And how we long when this is all over to be able, for me to be able to say, go and hug your neighbor. <laughs> Amen. So you can have a seat. Today, Pastor Bob has the, the wonderful journey, the wonderful mission of going to preach to the pre-college and college age. So we'll pray for him when we go to the Lord in prayer uh, for that. Um, the title of the message is Rejoice. Church Rejoice, from Philippians 4, 10 to 23. So before we go into God's Word uh, today, uh, let's uh, have a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today with great joy in our hearts to be here, Lord. Nothing, nothing will dismay us from wanting to be in your presence, Lord, to uh, being with you via Zoom, to, with your church, to hear your Word, to worship to sing here, to sing there, to sing everywhere, and to give honor to you everywhere that we are. Lord, we, we long to uh, hear from your word today and to honor you as we receive it. Thank you for the gift of it. Lord, we pray for Pastor Bob and for the, the pre-college and college service that's going on downstairs. May he share the gospel with them, that they may connect and understand. Lord, thank you for this time, and we pray that we can be a blessing to you and a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. But I rejoice in the, in the Lord greatly now that your care has flourished. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, what? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. This is all from the letter... Uh, from Paul to the Philippians. 
to this joyful church. The Apostle Paul wants this church of Philippi to be rejoicing. And Limbrook Baptist Church, we need to be a people who rejoice in the Lord as well. Can I say again, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Have you come to the Lord's house this morning with rejoicing in your heart? Oh, let me say it again. Have you come with rejoicing in your heart? Amen. Amen. We need to be rejoicing. We rejoice in the Lord and we rejoice because our brothers and our sisters in Christ care and love for us. 2000, I can understand why when I just said rejoice, did you come with rejoicing? We're like, what? Joy? I can't express joy. We're going to express joy. Because 2020 has been a most un- joyful year. And yet as Christmas approaches, we are to be reminded to be a rejoicing people and to share in the joy as we give and as we receive gifts. For Christians, whether somebody gives us a gift or not, we have the greatest gift of all that we rejoice in. What is that gift? Sunday school answer. Say it louder. What is that gift? Jesus. We rejoice in the gift of Jesus. His life, His death, His resurrection, the gift of His Spirit, the gift of the salvation that He has bought and paid for us, the gift of the forgiveness that He gives us, not only on the cross, but every day when we come before Him. We come before a Savior who forgives us of our sins, who has granted us salvation, who has granted us abundant life, who has granted us His presence who's given us so many great and wonderful things. And and God has bestowed all of His love upon us. All goodness that we we can even fathom, even that we can attach to. All goodness in our life comes from God above. So as Christians, we can rejoice no matter what the circumstances may be. Because we are children of God. And John, 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. When Jesus left heaven and came to earth as a baby, God set a path for those who are His children to be a people of rejoicing. On that first Christmas morning, there was a lot of rejoicing. Mary and Joseph even in the manger, even in the most difficult of times, because delivering a baby in a manger couldn't have been easy by any measure. But there was rejoicing when baby Jesus was born. The shepherds received the message of the gospel from the angels. And they rejoiced so greatly that they, they left their fields and they went to the local town and shared the gospel. The first evangelists were the shepherds. And then... Years later, the wise men rejoiced in traveling a great distance to see the baby Jesus, to hear, to see God's promise fulfilled, and to, and, to, and to give gifts to the king. They rejoiced in that. They would not be deterred in that. Even when King Herod tried to deter them, they wouldn't be determined. deterred. They were filled with joy that motivated them to such a way. We are again, we are living in most unjoyful times. And I'm so glad that Pastor Bob has brought this letter for us to study the last few weeks. This letter of joy. This letter of this church of joy. We need to be reminded and encouraged 
to be rejoicing in the Lord, even in the hardest times. That's what the Apostle Paul wants to remind us of. This model for us will be the church of Philippi and has been to the imprisoned Apostle Paul as they expressed their love and their concern. They did it with sacrifice. They did it with personal deep caring. They did it with gifts over and over and over again to meet his needs. And they would never forget him. And their attitude of giving to the Lord pleased the Lord. The Lord was pleased by them. Take note of this. The love and the concern that the church of Philippi had for the Apostle Paul was deep. It was a deep love. It was a personal love. It was long-lasting. They were with Paul from his very first missionary journey to now his mission in a Roman prison. They were there. They were there. So let's turn to Philippians 4.10. Turn to Philippians 4.10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now, at last, your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. The church of Philippi had always cared for the Apostle Paul. He was their father in the faith. He was the messenger. He was the apostle who brought them the Lord Jesus Christ. Who brought them salvation. Who brought them Christ, who brought them salvation. And even from the very beginning until now, they were, they were there with him. But, it, but there was a time that it passed. They started in their, their giving. They gave in the first missionary journey. They even gave again when he was in Thessalonica. But there was, there was a time, there was a, a period of time where they were unable to, to support Paul with financial means, with gifts and with things that would meet his needs. They were unable to do it. But when they were given an opportunity, it was so important to them that they wanted to make sure that the apostle got the gifts, that they sent somebody. How personal is that? To, to give Paul the gifts and to bring him joy, they sent a missionary. They sent a messenger. They sent a servant of the Lord who volunteered to go, who wanted to go to serve the apostle Paul in his ministry. This Epaphroditus, I have trouble saying his name. There's a lot of letters in that name. But there's a lot of joy in this man's heart. He was a personal messenger. He left all. He left everything he had. He left his family. He left his church. He left everything to give, to go and to give this gift of the church to the Apostle Paul. And not only he didn't just give the gift and then leave. Say, here's the gift. We didn't have mail service. So I thought I'd bring it to you. He, he stayed with the Apostle Paul. He was the gift himself. He personally delivered the gift and he stayed and he ministered with Paul, comforting him, strengthening him, supporting him, whatever his needs may be. Maybe he needed a messenger himself since he was in in a prison. But he was there. He was there to show his love. When the Lord moves upon you to share gifts with other people of concern, do it personally. Do it personally. And with rejoicing, with rejoicing, express your need. Express your, your need for them. Your need, your concern for them. Express it personally. Let it be deep. Let it be personal. Let it be prayerful. And when you do this, when you take the time, 
When somebody has a need and you present a gift in the name of the Lord and you do it personally and with caring and concern, then what happens is you develop a bond. A bond of love grows between you and the person you're, you're blessing so that it becomes a double blessing for you and for them. And you grow in the Lord and the Lord is pleased by that. And the rejoicing increases. The rejoicing increases when you go to somebody's door and you say, this is from, from the Lord for you. And you develop this relationship. The joy increases. The rejoicing increases. For me, the testimony of this COVID season, this COVID era that we're living under, for me, the testimony of this time will be how this church, how Limbrook Baptist Church cared for its members, how they care for one another, how we care for one another. We supply together. We supply food. We supply prayers. If there's a need and it's made known, the church prays for it, no matter what it is. Somebody in your family has COVID, we want to know. You get something going on, we want to know. We pray. And I'll tell you this, not to brag in any kind of baseball way, but we have a really good record with the Lord in answered prayers. It's amazing. God does miraculous things when we pray. Prayer is a gift to give back to someone else. So we've supplied food. We've supplied prayers. We've supplied material goods, medicines, phone calls, texts, Zoom calls, everything. We've done it personally. We We do it all for this purpose. When it's done to, for you, when it's done for me, and it has been, what it's done to say is it meant, it's meaning to say in rejoicing that you are not alone, that we are together, that we are a family of God and you're not forgotten and you're, you're loved by this family of God. We're loved together and we're given an opportunity to share it with one another, to express it physically, physically, materially, truly, deeply, personally. We're able to show it in this time. Satan may want to use COVID to destroy the church or to destroy families, destroy lives, but Christ will turn it for something good. And he does when we minister to one another in this way. Praise God for it. Amen? Amen. Let your rejoicing continue. And let these gifts that we've been sharing to one another, the sacrifices we've been making for one another, let it not only be for COVID time, for COVID season. Let this gift giving be done continuously and contagiously as the Lord moves your heart to do. Give, give, and give even more. Serve your brothers. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Give more and more and more. And then greater rejoicing will increase. So that when we're able to be together, we can rejoice in how much we've expressed our love to each other. In real and tangible ways. No matter what you have, no matter who you are, there's always something you can share a gift to someone else for. So again, I've said this to you before, that the, the, the church of Philippi was always there for the Apostle Paul. They were always there. From the beginning to the end, this church was with Paul. Verse four, turn to verse 14. Philippians chapter 4, verse four start at verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed 
from Macedonia. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, since I just messed that up, you had you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. They shared, this church shared, Paul recognized that they shared in his troubles and his distress. They loved the Apostle Paul so much. They loved him in Christ so much that they would stand behind Paul in his ministries. They were active partners with the Apostle Paul. And this would increase the rejoicing. Christian, it will bring you great rejoicing when you are active partners. When you stand behind a minister, when you stand behind a missionary, when you stand behind a ministry as support, as a set of hands, as an encourager, as a prayer for that ministry. No matter what you can do, we can always pray. We can always say, I'm going to be that prayer warrior for that ministry. I'm going to pray for that pastor every day. I'm going to pray for that ministry every day. And if I can, I'm going to use my hands. I'm going to set my feet to motion. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to be an active partner in it. All for the glory of God. All so that people will come to Christ and grow in Christ and be saved. We can all be together in every ministry in this way. And when we do, the joy increases that much greater. It rejoices. Because when you see people come to Christ and you know that you prayed for that, or you know you encouraged that pastor, you encouraged that preacher, or whatever it might be, that you had your part, that you were partners in it, oh, it can increase our joy so very much. It's just tremendous. It's tremendous to be together as partners. When the voice that shares the gospel has the army of support of the whole church, then great and mighty things occur and great joy is brought forth. Let's return to back to the passage. I'm going to go back a couple of verses to verse 11. As the Apostle Paul will teach us how he can rejoice in any and all gifts received. Verse 11 to 13. Now that I speak in regard, not that I speak in regards to need, for I've learned that in whatever state I am to be content, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, to both abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who has that verse on their refrigerator? You can raise your hand if it's the truth. Amen. Amen. That's, a, that's one to be memorized. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As Christians, what can rob us of our joy and what can rob us from extending joy to others is when we don't want, don't receive and rejoice in the gifts that others are bringing to us. Even if they're bringing to us in the Lord, we don't want to receive it or we don't rejoice in it. Either in our pride, we don't want to accept that we don't need help. We don't want to accept it. Or we are offended or, or we even undervalue the gift or we think that it should be more. The church should have done more for me. They should have done more for me. They have more. They can do more. That's the attitude that some may have. But that can rob you of your joy. That can rob you of your blessing. And you might even say, I'm strong. 
I'm strong in faith. I'm strong in my body. I'm strong in everything. I'm strong. I don't need help. I don't want to ask anybody for help. I don't need it. Oh, brother and sister in Christ, it is when it is in our weakness that Christ is made strong and makes us strong by using other brothers and sisters to help and to support us. When we don't accept the gift of our brothers and sisters who truly love us, and we're not joyful in the receiving of the gift, and we're not even thankful, or we may even be disappointing. And most disappointing is when somebody does something wonderful in the name of the Lord and meets our need, and we don't give praise to God for it. We don't give thanks to God for it. We don't give testimony to God for it so that He gets the glory and He gets the blessing. You understand that when when God brings somebody in your life and they offer to do something to help you in the Lord, they are God's messenger to you. It's God bringing the gift to you by their hands and by their heart. So give praise to God for it. Rejoice in it. Praise God for it. For even the Apostle Paul had to learn the secret. He had to learn the secret of rejoicing. And this had two parts. First, he had to learn to be content in all circumstances because he knew that Jesus was bringing him through everything that was happening. And no matter what, he learned this. No matter what, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Know this, even the Apostle Paul, the greatest of all missionaries, the Apostle Paul, he had to learn this. It didn't come naturally to him. He had to learn this. And it had to be learned through life's experiences. God had to make him rich. God had to make him poor. God had to make him go through good times. God had to make him go through bad times. He learned it through his life experiences. How to be content. How to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christians, look back at your life. Reflect. Reflect upon your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and see that Jesus was there all the time. See Christ working through every event in your life to bring you where you are, to see you through. And may that help you to learn to be content, whatever your circumstances may be, to be content. And then when you do this and you recognize that Jesus was always there, walking with you, walking beside you, lifting you up, using others to help you, and you've received it, you begin to realize that as Christians, when Jesus is there, and when it's in his power and his strength, you can do all things through Christ who will strengthen you. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go run a marathon. All right, I'm not going to go run a marathon. And if Jesus asked me to do it, well, we're going to have a a real serious prayer time about that. But I'll say this. If Jesus asked me to do, do whatever Jesus asked me to do, he's going to strengthen me to the ability to do it. All right? And it's not going to be something that might bring me glory. It's going to be what brings him glory. Here's the thing. If you acknowledge that Jesus is the one that brings you through, if you acknowledge that Jesus is the one that gives you the strength to, to do all things, and if you're content with what God has given to you, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, then you will be joyful in all circumstances. You'll be rejoicing in all circumstances. You will be able to live and to say out the promise, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Now notice this. I want to say this to you. This saying right here, this, this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is not a statement of pride. It's not a statement of spiritual pride. Jesus doesn't want you to be a super Christian. He wants you to be a surrendered Christian. Because the surrendered Christian knows that we can't do anything on our own. That we need Christ for everything. And when we are totally dependent upon the Lord for all that we have and all that we are and all that we will give, then we can say, we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then, no matter what we do for the Lord, it brings us joy. It brings us rejoicing. Because we know that Jesus is the one that's doing it, not us. Not us. These all things that Paul speaks of is all things in the Lord. All things the Lord will empower me to do. All things that Jesus will provide me the strength and the means to endure, to live, to serve. All things the Bible tells me are right. These are the things that I will do. And Jesus will help me to do. And it is not about what I can do, but what Jesus can do for me and through me for his glory and for his purpose. And the greater truth that Paul learned through the church of Philippi was that Christ Jesus used the church to strengthen him. He could have said, I'm the mighty apostle Paul. I don't need any any church to really help me. I'll get them to help me because it helps them grow. No, he learned that he needed that church. He rejoiced in that church and that God was teaching him as well. The church of Philippi was the hands and the feet of Christ to strengthen Paul, to help Paul, to meet his needs, to grant support for him to do mighty and great things for the Lord. And the Apostle Paul expresses his joy and thankfulness as he sees these gifts of the church from a heavenly perspective. It's important for us to see God's gifts to us from others from a heavenly standpoint. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. The church at Philippi, in their love and their obedience to God, in their sacrificial and cheerful giving, in their God-honoring and heartfelt concern for the Apostle Paul, they gave in abundance. They gave it personally, and they obeyed God. And in that giving, in that sacrifice, in that sacrifice, and to God, because of this, because of what they did for the, for the Apostle Paul and for the glory of God, it says, and this to God was a sweet-smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. I remember my grandmother's house. My my Italian grandmother and even my Irish grandmother, but I'll give my Italian grandmother a little props here. Walking in the house on a Sunday, that smell of that sauce, the, the aroma of that, that she cooked for hours and hours, the aroma of that meat of the that was a sweet-smelling aroma that was well-pleasing to me. An acceptable sacrifice for sure. Praise God for my grandparents. I love them. But it's like that. But imagine God up there in heaven. So God's in heaven, 
and, 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 he, and he, does, he rejoices in it. He sees what you're doing in his name, how you're showing love and concern for others, and you're giving sacrificially, you're giving personally, you're rejoicing, you're rejoicing together, and it's a sweet-smelling aroma to his nostrils, an acceptable sacrifice, and he's saying, well done, I'm pleased. Imagine God is well-pleased by this. Imagine it. Now, this is the same testimony given in the Old Testament sacrifices in obedient faith. Or prayers offered up in faith in Revelation 5. Prayers, the prayers of the saints offered up is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. Or even as Hebrews 3.16 says, even doing good to others, it says, doing good to others is a sweet-smelling aroma, well-pleasing to God. To you know what is the greatest well-pleasing to God sweetest smelling aroma, was the sacrifice of his own son for our salvation. Ephesians 1 says the sacrifice on the cross was a sweet smelling aroma to God. Why? Because Jesus' sacrifice, his giving of himself, was because he loves you and me. His concern was that great for our salvation and for our living with God, both in this, this life and in life to come, it was so important to God that he sent his son to do it. And it was so important to Jesus. You were so important to Jesus that he went on the cross for you. And in that sacrifice, when he screamed out in pain, the scripture says it was a sweet-smelling aroma to God his Father because your salvation was more important than anything in this universe to God the Father and to God the Son and to God the Holy Spirit. You are more important. That's God's concern for you, was a sweet-smelling aroma. And then as a church, we have the ability to be this sweet-smelling aroma. Church, may we have the same testimony before God as we model ourselves after the church at Philippi, as we model in giving, in love, in support, in meeting needs, in being an army of support for, the, for any ministry that shares the gospel and for sharing the gospel. If we can be that church, then we can be well-pleasing to the Lord, a sweet smell aroma. And if we are that church, do not we rejoice in that we're being obedient to God, that we're being, even though we could be doing nothing, we are doing something for the Lord, and that is well-pleasing to Him. Do we want to be that church? Amen? Yes? Do we want to be that church? Amen. Christian, do you want to be that person? Are you sure? Say it louder. I can't hear it through your mask. Do you want to be that person? Amen? Amen. amen. All right. All right. All right. Very good. Amen. Amen. So we're, gonna, we're, wrap, we're about wrapping it up. We're almost there. We're almost there. Verse 19 offers a jewel in rejoicing as we receive gifts from each other. Now, you may read over this, you may think it's part of a prayer, and it is, but I tell you it's a jewel. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. When we are blessed by others, accept the gift as it is from a hand, as it is from the hand of God. Accept it. And when you accept the gift as it is from God, then what you are to do is you're to return a gift in, in kind, even more in kind. Somebody gives you a gift from the Lord in any capacity, what you do is you give a gift back to them. And the gift is this. You say a blessing upon them. You say a prayer and a promise upon them. 
A promise is given to their home or to their job or to their health or to their life or to the church, wherever they may be. You say this blessing upon them and may my God supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you see that it's a prayer? It's a promise. It's a blessing for you to give to someone else. That it, when somebody wants to, these are not casual words. These are powerful words. Your God, our God, the one true sovereign God is all powerful and all loving and He wants the best for people. He wants people to first receive His Son and be in a relationship with Him and be His child so He can bestow all the blessings and love upon them. But your God can meet any need. Any need. So what you're doing is you're praying and you're blessing the one who blessed you. And then they'll continue to bless and you'll be continued blessed. There's a lot of blessing. Increasing the, re- the, the joy. Increasing the rejoicing. And as one shares a gift, share your testimony. You have somebody comes to your door or even somebody at work, they give you a gift, even if they're not, if they're not Christians especially. So accept it as from the Lord and share your testimony with that person. Introduce Christ to them. And say to them, and my God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. As we close, we, uh, we remember this. Let us remember Paul's letter to the rejoicing church of Philippi. We are to be reminded. Rejoice in the love and the care of your brothers and sisters in Christ that they have for you. Rejoice in receiving gifts in contentment and in joy. Rejoice in knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you know that he uses his church, uses his brothers and sisters in Christ for that to happen. Rejoice in sharing heavenly blessings with those who give you gifts. And there is a final reason for rejoicing. And it's in the last three verses in the book. I told Pastor Bob we finished the book. We're finishing the book today. So these are the last three verses. And in these three verses is the final reason to be rejoiceful. And it's found in these verses. Look at verse 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren, the brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those who are in Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Here is the good news. Well, I gave you a lot of good news. Jesus is the good news. But here is good news here. Here is good news. Here is the reason for the rejoicing in this most unjoyful year. It's in these verses. Can you believe it? People are like, really? Well, let's see what it is. Here it is. Christians, church, we are not alone. We are not alone. We have Christ, yes? Amen? We have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit who's always with us, resides with us, empowers us. Amen? So we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have His Word, the Word of God who encourages us every day, the living Word of God, yes? So we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have His Word. But let us remember this. We have a family of God. We have a family of God. We have each other as gifts of rejoicing and encouraging and support and strength and love. You are not alone. We are not alone. 
So let us always greet one another in any way, in every way that we can in the name of the Lord and let us rejoice together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we are most rejoiceful and thankful that we have our church that you gave to us, Lord. This is your church family. And there's church families throughout the whole world. But we are blessed to be in this church family, to know each other personally and deeply and have concern and have love for each other. Lord, we thank you. We praise you that you have blessed us in this time that you watch over us and you watch over our our families in this time. And we thank you that by your Spirit you have moved hearts to minister to others. And may all this remind us of what a joy it is to be a Christian, what a joy it is to be part of a church family, to be in your house or even in our house, to be your children. It's such a blessing. You've never left us alone And you never will. Thank you for this, Lord. Help us to bring joy to others and to rejoice in all the good things that you bring to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.